<laughs> I'm picturing some sort of sexy Butterfree. I don't know why. Wow. I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. Gotta catch them all. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, you just need one. Not, not if you're poly poke romantic. Or... Well, you gotta be this way. Or you, no, you just find yourself a ditto and then you have everything you could ever want. Oh, God. Oh, Unless God. You want multiple, oh, in which case, multiple ditto, dittos. <laughs> and they stare at you with their cold, dead eyes. Ooh. I don't think enough people are sexually into Wabafet as they should be. <laughs> but, pl- but plenty are plenty are into Mudkips, though. We know that much. Oh, dirty, Jesus dirty Christ. birds. I did play the new Pokemon, and I did, in fact, drop off the Wobbuffets at the sex clinic. Nice. Because <laughs> nice. he wanted a why not. That's right. Yeah, there was a reason. I didn't get one. I just got more Wobbuffets, which was weird. Then you That's can have fine. your pillow party with 15 Wobbuffets, and everyone, they're all like, Wobbuffet. <laughs> like, Shut up, you're a pillow. I'm so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I don't know why, but I picture Dan surrounded by Diglets and Doug Trio. The Hanson version? Yeah, and, and like a single Geodude in the corner, just like, oh, Geodude. Just watching. Watching everything happen. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Slamming his fist Bro, into the ground. Off. <laughs> Getting his rocks off. <laughs> Geodude, you use rock slide. You proud of that one? It's not very effective. Are you? Are you? You real proud of that one? <laughs> Goddamn. Okay, we watched a movie. Hey. I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. I'm Dan. And we're the Rewinders Podcast. Rewinding movies to see if they hold up. And uh, this week, we disappeared under our beds with the movie Little Monsters. Boy, did we ever. Oh, boy, oh, did, boy we. did we. That's a whole movie that exists. It sure as hell is. <laughs> I'm assuming no one has any history with this movie. I'm pretty sure my sister had a VHS, and I, I remember her having that, and that's about it. This is, I don't remember, like, I, I could have sworn that I, I had at least rented this movie once. I don't remember this movie at all. I always remember seeing it at, like, the, the video rental stores, and I always hated it. I hated the cover. I wanted nothing to do with it just based <laughs> off literally the cover alone. And I know that's not how you do movies. You don't judge a movie by its cover, same like a book, but... My God, every time I saw the cover with Howie Mandel and, and Fred Savage, I just, I scoffed and walked away. So I've, I've held off on watching this movie for 32 years. <laughs> Here I am. Hello. Trust your instincts sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, not when you have a podcast. No, exactly. <laughs> then you got to fight your instincts sometimes. <laughs> so the last time I watched this was when it came out to like video or on HBO or something after it was released. I did not see this in the theater. Thank God. Yeah, all I remembered is that I saw it. I remembered some details about it. And that I may have watched it with my brother. Those are like the only things that pop out in my head. And it what it did do, though, when I tried to think about my uh, memories and experiences with it back then, was that I kind of thought about the fact that my father is always in my history, was a key driver to watching so many movies. So like this one, this wasn't a movie I sought out as a child to watch. 
like many movies I ended up watching when I was a kid, this was kind of served up to me by my father, who was just like, hey, there's this movie I saw at the box on the wall in the movie rental place, and I thought it would be good. It's got this guy in it. You like Fred Savage? And it's like, Dad, everybody loves Fred Savage at this point in time. That's not a big anything. <laughs> it just was one of those cases where, why did my father keep serving up movies for my brother and I, and possibly my sisters too? I don't really remember. You know, And it must be because he was interested in our reactions to everything. And... Honestly, I think he honestly really just loved watching movies, and he still does, because he'll still randomly buy movies, and I'm just like, Dad, why are you buying movies without knowing anything about them? <laughs> Watch them first. See, in here, I would have figured it was a uh, masturbation test <laughs> see if you how you reacted to the man's best friend scene. Oh my god, we have so much to talk about, Ken. So much to talk about. I was not old enough to get that kind of reference <laughs> at that time. He was just making sure. Oh he my did. god. <laughs> he didn't know that that was a joke in the movie. Come on. Yep. All right. Uh, if you have not seen this film, the fast two-gun pull-from-the-hip summation is... Kid moves. Kid doesn't like his life after moving because, boo-hoo, I have no friends. While he actually does have friends if he actually cared to engage with them but that's neither here nor there yeah so whine whine cry cry life is so hard as a little because kid. he can't stay up late and eat his peanut butter and onion sandwiches and watch half naked ladies on cable <laughs> access i do feel for the the kid because his parents are fighting and i can get that that's a very awkward and yucky feeling place to be as a child except for that process turns into possible divorce and he feels like he has no friends so he captures a monster that is freaking out his little brother and they become best buds going around town scaring other kids and making sure they take the blame for all the things the monsters are doing late at night while they sleep in the end the fred savage character almost becomes a monster himself by doing these things that freaks him out so then because he's physically affected by his choices in life then he decides to become a better person because if he doesn't he'll become a monster so fear of punishment is the only reason to be a good person in this movie and he becomes a better person he shuts down the big baddie and then gets back to the real world so they don't turn into monsters. And he saved his little brother in the process. Wow, that's glossing over a lot, but that's the quick summation of the movie. One might argue that fear of punishment isn't the uh, reason. It may be the driver that he starts looking for, but one might argue that friendship and saving his little brother is what made him not want to be a monster. Mind you, his arm disappearing was the thing like, no, my arm disappeared. Why would I want that in my life? So it was the main driver for pushing him. Yeah, never mind. Fuck that kid. They kick <laughs> off the movie and you're like, oh, peanut butter and onion sandwich. That's disgusting. You really are a monster. This movie is definitely about you. Yeah, yeah no. Um, for, for me specifically, this reminds me of Home Alone. And then I was shocked... Within five fucking minutes, there's Marv staring at me. And I'm like, oh, what? And then Buzz comes up later. It's That's like, wet bandit. what is the coincidence? That's who that, okay. It was Buzz, yeah. Holy shit. It was Marv and Buzz in this film. It's like, wait, what? I thought that this looked like Home Alone just specifically to me. And all of a sudden, poof. It's like sometimes the universe rewards you like that. It's, 
I, I had a good chuckle. Now Marv is the father. Yes, of this and movie? and I will I will go out on on record saying he makes the case for the absolute worst, most unlikable movie dad in any movie. TV series or anything I've ever seen. He is the most unlikable dad. Is it because he bounces around from being like a total jackass to his son to being like, you know, kind of a caring father? Threatening death to his son? Like, yeah, just, he's not a good dad. He's also not a good husband. He's he's not a good person in this movie. And you get the glimpses of where he has potential to be a good person, where he's trying to get people to like him again. But in between those, you just have glimpses of him him just being a terrible person and it's just ugh. for me it's the long cut of him walking into uh, uh fred savage's real life uh brother cory matthews because that was another one that 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 was shocked me it was like oh man is that young cory matthews and it's like yes yes it is <laughs> um yeah it, him walking into his room with a flashlight hissing that that made me hate him more than anything that that was that was for me the seal of the deal i, I couldn't stand his character <laughs> You know, they wanted to serve the purpose of making you understand his character as fast as possible, as easy as possible for a child. Mission accomplished. Yeah, no kidding. It's like no nuance whatsoever with that day. I ran over your bike and destroyed it. You're grounded forever and blah, 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 chores and uh, a piece of shit. And just like, what the hell? (laughs) It's a detached garage and it's a very small garage door. He definitely was at fault for running over that bike because he would have had to walk past it in order to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's definitely no side. There's no side door. You can't walk into that garage without seeing the bike first. Absolutely. That's a very valid point. That's on him. That's entirely on him. But he does have a way of blaming everyone else for his problems. Yes. Yes, he Which does. Which he can kind of get that on Fred Savage, too, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least Fred Savage washes his hair in this movie. That father. Good God, that's greasy hair. Yes, his man. his hair reminded me of, like, uh, Michael's hair in season one of The Office. <laughs> it's just slicked back, nasty, pulled apart. Just, I, I, okay, so we're getting a little out in the weeds here. Is there anything, <laughs> anything people have that they liked about the movie? <laughs> I know! I know! It feels that way. It's like, I'm trying desperately in my head to think of anything, I, I guess. I do have some things. I like the underground. Yeah. The underground's pretty cool. It's a very cheap set, because they use a lot of shadows to hide nothing. And pallets. Somebody had a friend in the pallet business. Yeah, exactly. But it works. <laughs> it does. It's this very void that looks semi-interesting, and... I thought it was a, a nice way in a small budget to develop this little underground, under-the-bed world. I thought it was pretty yeah. nice. Plus, they splurged on fast food for everybody. On that giant table, absolutely, yeah. Oh, you mean like that uh, the time Trump had oh, that team? hamburgers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Table full of fish fillets this and shit. This is what you eat, right? <laughs> yeah. No, sir, this is what you eat all the time, sir. <sighs> yep. So there's a lot of, I was just sitting here thinking about all the different things we saw in the underground that you see in a lot of different other movies after this, like Hook with the baseball scene, with the bad guys trying to uh, indoctrinate the young child by having fun. And you got the uh, Mm -hmm. weird guy with no neck from, uh, uh, is that Double Dragon? Are you talking about Rick Duncan? Snick. Snick. Yeah. Yeah, Snick. Well, his real life name is Rick Duncan because I thought it was Andy Richter at first. And I had to look it up. Yeah, 
That is not Andy. It was bugging me too. I had to look it up because I knew I knew his face even through all the prosthetics, and I recognized him from The Burbs, which is another '80s film with uh, with Tom Hanks and him. He plays one of his neighbors, but yeah, definitely a recognizable face even through all the prosthetics. Yeah, prosthetics straight from Beetlejuice. Oh my god! So, are you saying, <laughs> Ken, that this movie set up other movies that they kind of took little ideas from this movie? Yeah, I, I guess that was where I was trying to go with that. It was like there there are some interesting ideas buried in this movie that, if put out there correctly, could be fleshed out to something interesting and engaging. Which I guess the baseball game was actually kind of fun. Where you, as a child, that would be amazing. You just yeah. hit a baseball. Actually, as an adult, that sounds fucking amazing. Just oh. bash things with baseballs. <laughs> I'm gripping my desk right now, desperately trying not to bring up negatives because I have negatives for every scene you guys are talking about. <laughs> also, the cleanup of that would just be awful. But well, they don't clean it up. They just they put it back in the kids' houses and blame them for it. Oh, that's right. Well. It's still a lot of cleanup, but we still. We take the shit, you break the shit, we put the shit back, and I, I can't remember what else he says. That's right. That was the point of that game. It seems like a lot of wasted time when it's just easier to push it over and break it, but I suppose you cause a lot of ruckus that way and draw attention to yourself. Less time for more shenanigans. You, you hit the nail on the head for me with this. Like There are a lot of detail things that I wish they would have... like more than just sprinkled into the movie like there's there's it, it feels like this movie had a lot of other a lot a lot more story to tell than what we were given which is crazy to think about it an hour and 41 minutes it felt like it felt so much longer <laughs> oh my it did. god and when i paused the movie to go get a snack halfway through i was shocked to realize i still had an hour left and i was like are you kidding me yeah are i wasn't even halfway <laughs> I did like Boy. I thought that character was good as the, you know, that's the guy up in the tower and you don't get to really see him. And he looks like a little boy at first, but then when you actually see him, you see it's like a 20 year old, I guess. But his makeup is cool when you first see him with his outfit and the personality he gives until his face comes off, and then he's just stupid. Yeah, I completely cool. agree. With with the way he looked, he looked, you know, the back face, you know, being ringed in. It looked it looked good. Good good makeup, and then, yeah, it just becomes this really schlocky, cheesy, scary face. It's not even, you know. can't, it's, it's not scary. It doesn't move well It's anymore. not scary. It has a little bit of dangling flesh. He has to stand perfectly still because <laughs> it'll fall off or something. Yeah. Yet again, another great idea, you know, the human face covering up a monster face like yeah. that's another great idea i'm sure they used used in other movies actually they might have stolen that one from Beetlejuice. maybe maybe up. harry potter and the sorcerer's stone i mean you got voldemort living on the back of uh quills quills head Spoilers. or quarrels quarrels yeah. head. professor quarrels you bastard <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's how they introduce the back like that's how they introduce boy being weird like they pan around the back of his head and it's like cinched in the back and you look at the back there you're like that's oh that's not right that's not He's got hair. a head wound. That's a little gross. You might want to get that looked at, <laughs> Mr. Boyd. Boyd? Yeah, it's Boyd. I meant boy. Get it right. <laughs> I, I have one thing, and, and it's funny for me because this falls in both camps, but it's it's something I can at least, I don't know. Howie Mandel gives 100%, if not more, in this film with his, his acting. He's just bouncing off the fucking walls. He is just crazy in this film. Tossing all of his power into it. I kind of want to know what kind of cocaine he had 
And if he still got some, is he gonna sh- is he gonna share? Well, maybe it's the latex. He's crawling out of his skin because he gave a review after, or he gave an interview talking about when he was doing this film. It actually made him. He has OCD, and I guess this really made him paranoid about uh, latex for the rest of his life to the point where he actually stopped using condoms and everything else. Like he just couldn't stand the feeling. He said, "When you're in latex prosthetics for that long, filming for that long, and you mix it with sweat, what do you think that does to you?" Itchy. So he was terrified of latex. Oh, but oh god, yeah, that totally makes sense. And actually, the way he's acting then actually makes a lot of sense too. Mm-hmm. That's like a high energy uh, redirection of your anxiety. Yeah. So this is where it's this is where it's on the fence for me. I hated his acting, but <laughs> I'll be damned if he didn't act at one hundred and ten percent. Like he threw a lot into his performance. I still hated it. But he threw a lot into his performance, and I have to give him respect for that. I think it was amplified by the second half that I need to talk about in the bad portion, but we'll get to that. Don't think there's much left in the good to say. Like, I got I got nothing that you guys haven't already said. I liked the character designs for some of the monsters. I, I liked that the, the title is a dead giveaway for a huge plot point that they don't, like, directly shine light on until yeah. three quarters of the way into the movie. You're a movie. I mean, I am. Wait. Maybe. Always. Andrew, I think that means he gives you the rights. <gasps> I think you finally got the rights. Yay! I'm going to make a biography about Dan. didn't give you any rights, <laughs> and you know you know my rate. But but boy gets what he wants. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And, 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 and if boy asks you for a favor, you should take that as a compliment. But, but my knees hurt. That's not all that's going to hurt. What the fuck? Should we get into the bad stuff? I would just like to say <laughs> I like the exchange between uh, Snick and Maurice, where Maurice is like, oh, don't make me angry or upset. Oh, oh yeah. Bad things happen when I get upset. And then something silly happens, and Snick is like, what was that? He's like, well, that's that's what happens when I get I upset. I did like that. I laughed really hard yeah. at that. It was in the best line exchange it was delivered very well and i i did laugh yes it was a good chuckle (laughs) i like that one a lot yeah i'm going over my notes to see if there's anything else positive i could bring up positives i like any movie with child traps home alone goonies (laughs) uh, goonies yeah whimsical traps that usually don't generally work is great. Like having enough bulbs to light up all of Yankee Stadium and make making a flashlight that somehow yeah. dim as hell. <laughs> but hey, it's it's bright. And yet him being so bad in school because he doesn't necessarily care about the school. He it it definitely shows a uh, difference in the way people go through education. If you can present them with something that they're interested in, like saving their little brother versus, you know, a grade you get a lot more uh accomplished if you're interested and you see that he's actually very apt got a very good aptitude about science and stuff like that because he's making these crazy inventions soldering all sorts of light bulbs together and make a light bulb suit which is uh very much dynamo from running man (laughs) (laughs) having a a solid grasp on photography oh yeah making flip books and making yeah yeah Mount your Polaroid upside down, set it on a timer. You could make a, a little movie. Yeah. My last positive of the movie is just something I saw that made me chuckle. It's It has no pretense to anything of being a good movie or a bad movie. But So at the end, when they're trying to stay ahead of the sun, they use road signs to show where they are. And the road signs are all 
big cities that kids have heard of before, like New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., and there were some in between. Appleton? But yeah, (laughs) Chicago's sign had Appleton underneath it. I'm like, there must have been some guy from Wisconsin on this crew that just slipped that in there because no kid knows where Appleton is. I can't believe I missed that. Someone from Wisconsin was working on this For sure, for sure. That's amazing. I missed that. I guess I'm gonna have to go back and watch this movie just for don't that. Don't do it. Oh, no. Don't do it, Ken. Oh, no. <laughs> don't don't do it. So let's unleash the beast. Let's talk about oh. some of the uh, not so okay. great things. Okay. In this oh movie. my god. Let's let's talk about the fact that this is supposed to be a family film. They swear so much. The word shit is used so liberally throughout shit this film that it makes the fucking Beetlejuice bitch. look like nothing. Um. <laughs> what else? Oh, I, I didn't, I, I started writing them down and I just stopped. It, it is jarring. You're right, Dan. It's, it's jarring. And like I said, it's Beetlejuice had the F-bomb and I, I've been, I've been using that as like a golden standard of, wow, this is the eighties where a PG film had an F-bomb, but seeing this film really shook things up. You got the damn when he kills him, he kills him the first time he meets him. Nicole said to me, that's where the movie should have stopped. I'm like, yeah, isn't <laughs> it messed up? He, he murders him. The first time he sees him. There's no remorse. There's no remorse. I was sitting on the couch and he, he kills the monster. I'm like, oh, well, oh, great. Movie's done. That was it, easy. It would, have been, it would have been better had the pacing been faster, but they drug that scene out. They let it sit, stagnate, and drip. Watching him slowly squeal into the ground. And then, and then even after he was just a pile of clothes, you would think he's going to like jump up and put him under the bed right away. But no, he just lays there cold-blooded and goes, damn. And then eventually he gets up and pokes him and moves him. It's like, what the hell? What is this movie doing? But yeah, between that and like, I, I counted, I stopped counting shit after probably nine shits, I think, or ten shits. And yeah, this is swearing galore. There's there's really disturbing imagery. It's it's an interesting kids movie with very interesting horror elements. <laughs> like that that scene where he's walking towards uh, boy's, boy's staircase to get the ball. And there's just that like creepy like cherub, statue winged thing. Yeah, cherub, cherub with the baby doll's head stuck on the top of it. It's like, what the hell is this movie trying to do? This movie doesn't know what it wanted to be. No, exactly, exactly. It, it doesn't. The movie, I would say, okay, the first five, ten minutes where he's nestling into his new life, everything, everything up until he switches rooms with his brother is actually pretty okay paced and pretty decent, with the exception of the scene where the dad goes in to give the son the flashlight, because that scene just feels weird and acted poorly. It it really pulled me out, but everything up to the point where you actually see Fred Savage in his brother's room, hear the monster for the first time, all that up to that, that was okay movie making. But then it just gets awkward and strange afterwards. Cinematography changes, the scene where all the kids are being yelled at by their parents, it's like, what is the... It's the strangest cut. I I don't know. There's some jarring stuff for sure for me. Well, you know, it's to guilt... It's to make sure that kids don't lose sight that your your actions have consequences. True, true. And that if you're going to use your actions to make somebody else have a miserable life... Make sure that you know that you are being a really big jerk and this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't pee in somebody's apple juice no matter how much of a jerk they are. To that point, that is the scene for me that stuck out the most. And I, I know we we had alluded to this uh, in, in the other half of things, but God, the child acting. I read somewhere online and I completely, completely understand and completely stand behind what this person said. They said if there was ever a case of, of a child actor... Pulling off a, a, a part for a paycheck. It's Fred Savage and Little Monsters. <laughs> you think so? Is it Fred 
or uh, the actor who played Eric, because the movie leans on Eric really hard. It does. It does. The problem I have, and and I've seen this echoed in a few reviews that I read just to, to see what other people thought. Howie Mandel is bouncing off the walls, giving it, I think somebody said like 500%, and Fred Savage is giving him absolutely nothing to work with. And that scene with the fridge, for me, was the most stilted and awkward one. You can tell in that scene where Howie Mandel is just being like, oh, I'm just going to do crazy shit. And Fred Savage is next to him. Fred Savage doesn't know what to do. And he's not knowing what to do as a kid in a movie. I'm looking at that scene as... Wow, this is pulling me out because I'm literally looking at Fred Savage, kind of stuck next to Howie Mandel, just going crazy, drinking apple juice and being crazy and burping. And he's just, he's ad-libbing, trying to say things that are silly and funny, but he doesn't know what the hell to do next to this guy. And that's how I felt for the rest of the movie. And really, what are you supposed to do with that? I don't know, there's other movies that work out just fine with that, but it, it, the chemistry was so off. So <laughs> off. Those two do not feel like best buds. No. <laughs> no. But he said he was his best friend in the very first five minutes of the movie. And he gave him his jacket. Do best friends murder you the first time they meet you? Yeah. Is that, that, that the code for best friends? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. The, 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 that's all I have to say on that. Just the, the chemistry is so far off on those two. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It's, it just feels... The longer that the, they're on screen together the more awkward it gets Yeah. until Fred is on screen with other actors that are not Howie. Yes, yes. It's like when he's around adults, it's awkward. Even like the conversations with his parents, it's just kind of like he's overacting in a way. Yep. But then when he's around other kids, he's just fine. It's just, it's fine. It's okay. Like his reaction to his parents saying that they are going to take a break oh from each other. Oh my God, the, separ- the separation. Yeah, the separation scene. It's like he was stone cold. Like he yeah, had no, no real emotions no, to I him. I mean, you could, you could say he's that- more annoyed. The 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 coldness <laughs> comes from him becoming more of a monster and less of a kid. True, that, true. That could be the defense, but it's such a weak defense. Like, yeah, he he just he just seems more annoyed of it than actually being upset by it. He's not sad. He's not he's not angry. He's just like darn. Where it's like somebody said, "Hey, hey, buddy, we're not going to be able to go to the ice cream store because it shut down early. We, we it's past six o'clock." He, like, that's the kind of reaction he had. Like, oh, darn. Can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this Shoot. is happening. Yep. I don't know. I mean, can I fault Can I fault him for being a child and acting... Not being acting, an amazing actor. Not being an amazing actor and acting as he's, as he's being told by his director and producers who decided that this was a good idea. <laughs> well, like I said when we were discussing about... Discussing this movie after, like, my immediate reaction. This, this, this movie plays out like a a a young reader's book with how stilted and and rigid like i knew exactly what was going to be happening as as scenes as the plot progressed no i completely stand by that it feels like a goosebumps movie or a goosebumps book brought out into a movie it it, sh- it for sure feels that way yeah but see goosebumps books were you know good this this isn't it's because you're reading them as a child not as an adult you read goosebumps Books, you little baby. Go on. Yeah? I mean, I read Goosebumps books, which led me to Stephen King. So, I was reading King in sixth grade. I read The Stand in the sixth grade. Yep, I did too. The full version. Teachers never really give you weird looks until you start coming in with that book every day, and they watch the bookmark move. Move, <laughs> <Nice>. yep. <laughs> Darn Kyoto. Ken, we weren't as fancy as you. Yeah, Ken. <laughs> 
we want to talk about books that really messed you up in a kid as a kid the giver oh yeah. i read that way too early i read that in fifth grade man that messed that messed me up for a good good couple days i could see that that's for sure and then they made that god-awful movie and it made me angry because it was just so bad not even jeff daniels could save that film. Nope. nothing could save that film nothing what about an angry marv yeah marv was really pissy this movie really pissy he had a lot of things up his craw because he couldn't watch his stupid baseball and basketball game at the same time. He didn't want to help his wife with the new well, he house. He could. He just had to sit close. Yeah, because this damn remote, that remote thing, that remote thing is missing. You guys don't remember the time before remotes, huh? No, nope. I, I've, I've been spoiled. I've never had never to had look that. for the clicker. When you had to spin the UHF dial and the VHF dial to try and pull in the signal. What? U- no, UHF is a movie. That was my first TV. It was beautiful. UHF's a movie, Joe. You're confused. Yeah. I mean, we had TVs that, that had that, but they also had remotes, so I didn't have to like go and futz with those things. Like They sat where they sat, and then we just used the remote. <laughs> I was the youngest child, so I was the one that had to stand next to the TV Oof. and hold the antenna because I conducted the image better. That's what they say. And I was the littlest. Yeah. <laughs> Could have used uh, aluminum foil, but no. They decided to use a Joe because Joe wouldn't sit still. That's how you keep Joe from being in front of the TV. I was that kid, too. Okay. Um, Howie Mandel's horns pissed me off because they're not horns. If it's they're floppy so rubber. and rubber, yeah, if it's floppy, oh, it's not yeah. a horn, damn it. They are definitely, <laughs> they were latex horns, but they didn't take the time to fill them. They were hollow. Yep. Like, you know how to fix that? Cotton. Like a, a, anything. A, 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 a effort. Hand effort, towel really. What? Would fix that. <laughs> yeah. <Effort. laughs> All right. I, I got like the big land mass moving moving my way to, to discuss and I, I just want to make sure everybody's got all their their negatives out of the way before I, I gobble up too much time with this one okay i'll squeeze some in then before you do that when the movie started for me it felt like i was watching a christian film yep. mm-hmm. it just oozed christian film that was gonna teach me a jesus moral <laughs> yeah, and then the monsters that. showed up yeah and then it changes later, and that, that feeling goes away. I guess, is that a bad, or is that a good? I feel like that's a good, that it subverted your expectations. It's always fun when something subverts expectations, but not in this movie. No, I guess <laughs> not. not. In this movie. They're going for the fact that the parents would sit down and watch the movie for the first 15 minutes of it, be like, hey, this is a good movie, we'll get up and go do something else, and then the kids would be able to watch this movie the rest of the way through with all of its weird bullshit as it goes shit 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 <laughs> okay kids round two shit 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 bitch shit and all the kids are like shit bitch i just drove up our rating for the episode by <laughs> saying shit so many times oh we're pg now huh actually what was this movie rated? yeah we're going pg nice fucking model honk honk <laughs> <laughs> I got upset about the little girl's hat because I know for a fact that no kid at that year on that date would ever wear their hat to the side like that. That kid wore their hat like that because their parent came in and said, here you go. Now you look cool. And it's like, no, wearing your hat sideways like that is not cool. Thanks, parent. (laughs) I remember when that was cool. It was never cool. It was never cool. It was just parents telling you it was cool. So in the trash compactor scene equivalency. The stuff animal dungeon. Yes. They're talking. They're having a regular conversation. And Maurice comes in. They 
they talk, they talk, and then I don't know what the hell happened if they forgot to shoot something or if something went horribly, horribly bad and they couldn't go back and fix it. But the conversation takes this really weird, hard turn where the girl says, you can use the phone to make a light with pencils. Yeah, that so, kind of yeah, came out of nowhere. Yes. What the hell happened? <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one who missed this that. This movie's not good for continuity. Brian says that thing, what, about... uh. He says a thing when Maurice pulls down his pants. He's like, nobody ever sees me in my boxers, not even my mom. But he's running around his fucking boxers in the beginning of the movie in front of his mom. Like, the continuity in this movie is not something that they should take pride on. <laughs> there are definitely and some And why words. did that whole scene just get forgotten? Like, that's a horribly <laughs> embarrassing thing for a kid. And he's just like, hey, why'd you do that? All right, we're fending again. Doo, doo, doo. Oh, because we're going there. We're going there. Truck's pulling into the station. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, go ahead. Oh, God. Okay. Um, There's a scene that stuck out to me, and I, I mentioned it earlier, and it bothered me to the point where I looked it up three times to make sure that I heard the wording correctly because out of context, it didn't make any sense. And even in context, it still bothered me. That scene with the child where you first meet Snick, and Snick comes down smoking, taking a drag off a cigarette, and then harasses that little kid at the bottom of the stairs, the exact quotes... As I said earlier, where when boy asks you for a favor, you should take it as a compliment. And then the kid says, but my knees hurt. And he said, oh, your knees hurt. That's not the only thing that's going to hurt. And then they get into the whole conversation about it. But what the fuck does any of that mean? And what does it come down to? Why? And then I went down the rabbit hole last night and realized that there are very lengthy theories about how this movie is actually... A stand-in and, and, and basically uh, it, it, it deals with pedophilia on a large, large level. Like, it really takes it on the nose. And, and looking back at some scenes, I could absolutely get on that train. But I know that wasn't the intent when the movie was filmed. But dear God, there's some stuff that's really hard to ignore. Like, why doesn't Boy just learn to go play with himself? The, the comment about, you know, the right hand being man's best friend or whatever. And then how he starts kissing and licking it. Like, what? There's there's a lot of stuff that could play into it for sure. And, it, and I'm trying not to go diving off the crazy cliff here. But that scene, there's really no explanation for that scene. You're right. There's a lot of subtext in this movie that is really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what they dig into is the fact that if you look at the film as a larger whole, the monster world is like the land of pedophilia and they drag Fred Savage in and he gets involved with it and blah, 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 blah. But then when they start harassing the baby, that's the turning point where he realizes, wait, no, this is really wrong. I can't do this. And it, it's, ah, uh, it's, it was an interesting few reads that I went through a few threads and jumped through all this. <laughs> and it's just... It made the film in a, in a more negative light than just it being a bad film for me. And I'm trying to separate myself from that because obviously it's all hearsay. It's all it's all speculation, what you think of. But I still, for the life of me, tried three or four times to watch that scene and try finding any other context in which it would just be like a funny joke or something. But no. He's talking about using his, his leather-clad black hands to, to, to hurt the child. And he thinks it's amazing that the kid's scared of him and like makes him happy that the kid's scared of him and all this other shit. It's just like, there's nothing funny about this scene. And it doesn't really set anything up. It doesn't set up that boy's... Yeah, I guess it sets up that boy's evil. But if anything, it just... It comes off so... Wrong. Unbelievably creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried several times for context to understand why he just shouts, but my knees hurt. He's not on his knees when, when, when Snick goes to talk to him. Snick doesn't pull him, essentially. He, he grabs him by the scuff and pulls him up. 
So he's not on his knees at that point. He's holding him up. So why does he have the throwaway line of, but my knees hurt, after talking about not performing some sort of favor for boy? That bothered the hell out of me. And I am still sitting here, 24 hours after watching the film for the first time, trying to understand how that scene fits in with the rest of the movie. I'm so confused. Now, I'm not going to say that I know what he's talking about, because I don't. (laughs) I wish you did. if I'm looking for the most innocent interpretation, it would be that, let's look at the toys that are lining the hall to Boy's uh, chamber. Rocking horses. He has a bunch of old school toys that are not battery powered and stuff like that. These are toys that you need to physically move. You need to interact with on a like very close case. Now, when I'm young and I'm playing with toys like that as a kid, you played on your hands and knees. So the... Me squeezing the fruit for all it's worth to try and find the most innocent way to interpret that is that boy wants to play with these toys and in he's this kid has been playing with these toys for so long that his knees hurt because you have to get down on your hands and knees. Now, does that sound reasonable? Nope. No. No. But that's what I could come up with. That's at least something because I tried. So that at least give something but i see what you're saying this could totally feed into a QAnon evidence that someone was crying out for <laughs> people to notice the pedophilia lizard men circus that is hollywood films yeah no exactly and, and that's just it it's it's obviously a very fine line jumping off onto that train but that is absolutely an interesting read that i just had to throw out there no i can i can see the interpretation as an adult of that kind of aspect to this film yeah But let's think about the fact that those kids could keep running forever to try and get in front of the sun. They could just keep circling the globe to try and get ahead of it. So they would never have to turn into monsters in the end. I mean, then we're getting into time. Let's not get into the time travel discussion now. (laughs) Oh, we talk about how, like, nobody cares of the fact, really cares about the fact that two boys managed to get to Malibu. In less than eight hours? Oh, yeah, the parents are baffled by that. Baffled, yes. For a kid film, I think that's a fun little tidbit for kids at the end of like, whoa, because California... As a kid from the Midwest, California is a freaking magical place, what we're told. Yeah, everything always paints California as being amazing. I mean, look at the whiz, or the wizard. <laughs> Another Fred Savage plug. There we go. Meanwhile, me as an adult, I'm looking at them pulling their clothes off and running towards the ocean. I'm like, no, 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 not the Pacific Ocean, <laughs> not, kids. Not, not Don't today. do it. It is too gray for you to be doing that today. This is how hypothermia happens. It'll be fine. But what about the bum sleeping on the beach? How is he not dead from exposure? Oh, they took care of it. Those kids. They, how do you think they got the change to call their parents? They stabbed they, that hobo and they took murdered his that money. Poor hobo. Well, yeah, then they can tauntaun him afterwards so they don't get hypothermia. <laughs> yes. I do not approve of this use of ho- homeless people. So <laughs> I uh, while I laugh at this h- hilariously, homelessness is a big problem. Absolutely. But anyway. I thought the monsters in this film were very good at teaching kids libertarian values. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't argue that. Got no one to tell you what to do. You can do whatever you want. All you got to do is do these, you know, few things. But other than that, it's a free for all. Few things may be more morally suspect, but you know, it's okay. 
Because there's no one to tell you that you're wrong. Just just remember going forward, if you sprinkle some Doritos next to your bed at night, maybe you too can hear Howie Mandel slurping away under your bed. I forgot how, how plain, <laughs> like, pre-95 Doritos were before they turned to yeah. their, like, nuclear red color. Yeah, they look like just standard tortilla <laughs> chips. It's like, that's right. They're just regular tortilla chips, and I'm like, holy shit. At first like, I thought regular. they were, like, the first time they were pitching Cool Ranch. I just thought they were regular movie, taco chips. Because I was like, are those Cool Ranch? They are. But I when they did the close-up, I was like, oh! Are those Cool Ranch? This would have been when they would have first came out. So the movie was ahead of its time is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, they're Doritos. Uh, (laughs) For those of us who have seen this movie before, has your opinion of it changed? I don't know, Joe. Has it? Yeah. Yeah, Joe. Has has it changed? I I couldn't remember if anyone said they watched it before. I never watched it, and I'm sad that I did. Okay. 100%, yeah, my opinion on this movie has changed uh, from the last time I saw it. Well, the last time I saw it, I didn't care about so many things. I was a kid, and it played into my mind as a kid. Yeah, it worked just fine. It was okay. I didn't care. And I moved on. Obviously, never watched it again until today. Uh, Today, I watch it, and I... Yeah, there is... There's so little to take away from it. There's so many, there's little dashes that are very cool, very unique, but not enough as a whole to keep me as an adult engaged. Nostalgia does not prop this up for me. And Maurice, that character feels like it was written for Robin Williams to do Robin Williams and they didn't get him, and it feels very awkward as I an don't adult even I like think that. Robin like Williams that. could could salvage the nightmare nightmare. No, this doesn't deserve nightmare. This is just awful. No. This god awful movie. There's a lot of comparisons between this and Beetlejuice, and I think that's very fair. It's it's like a very less interesting Beetlejuice, and uh, I, I have nothing else. Nothing else that hasn't been already said. This movie. How how did I explain when I was explaining it to Katie? This movie was not entertaining. I I did not feel like I'm better for seeing it, but there are bits and pieces, tiny pieces that I wish they would have like expanded upon and had they done that, I think the movie might have been better. So this movie, I'm fairly certain was trying to be a kids movie. Mm-hmm. And in trying to be a kids movie, it tried to be a older person being cool with kids by trying to be edgy and really what you're teaching kids with this movie is it's okay to be an asshole it's okay to uh get away with things and uh be jerks to people because they'll be your friends anyway yeah they pissed in a kid's apple juice and that's a problem yeah and then out of nowhere that kid comes up to hang out in monster world yeah and he's like suddenly good pals with everyone no, no ill feeling. We need muscle. We need one more person who is able to... I, I have no idea. Even though Fred Savage held his own in that introduction fight, like he was going to win that fight if it was uh, not stopped by the principal. Which I was really sad about. I assume that's I was really sad about because the principal came in on the screen for a split second. When I, when I saw him, I thought, oh my God, is that Will Forte? And then I was like, this is too early of a movie for Will Forte. <laughs> but he had the Will Forte face. Way too early. And I was just like, Yay! And then it wasn't Will Forte, and I got I got sad. Like ultimately, yeah, it's it's a it's almost a problematic movie in my eyes, just because of the way it, it acts as a kids' movie, teaching kids weird values. It really does. 
He really does. I would assume then the statement would be this movie does not hold no. up. No, I wouldn't recommend this film to anyone. I would not, no, would not recommend this film to anyone. And I, I'd never normally if have that. If says that the 80s were the best decade, I would say, watch Little Monsters, and you tell me that the 80s were uh, were so hot. But, but they're done mine in the 80s. They're out of material. Now they're mine in the 90s. Did you guys see the, the trailer for Space Jam 2? Oh. Is this the first movie that we've watched that... That we all unanimously... That we all unanimously agree doesn't hold up and is not a good movie? It's up there. No, we've I, not liked movies before. I would have to think we... All agreed on we, other Beastmaster. We, we were pretty unanimously against the season three hosts, not the season two or season one. I hosts. Think, well, no, I think I think Beastmaster. I think we're more okay with Beastmaster than we. This yeah, movie we were though. okay with Beastmaster. We didn't enjoy it per se, but we didn't have anything negative saying we wouldn't recommend it to people. Animal cruelty, animal abuse. Oh, sure, because dying animals. Yeah, high on that list, and and poorly constructed stilt houses. Those were cool. I'm not. Oh, I'm not giving that up. That was a cool village. <laughs> Beastmaster was bad. Was bad in a good way. Like there are things that you can make fun of. This movie is bad in a not good way. Like yeah. there's there are a way, lot actually. of things that made me question how this movie got made, and then realize that yes, it was the '80s, and you know that was a wild time in cinema. It sure as hell it was, was. Wild. Yeah, it just feels like a movie that was trying to push the envelope of what they could get away with and pushed it too far. Trying to replicate Beetlejuice quite a bit because that was out just the year before. And they're like, oh, we can do some horror. We can make it towards kids and we can, uh, how about monsters? Monsters under the bed. That's a thing, right? What do we got? And we got need somebody with high energy. Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. is an amazing way to handle that whole situation. It, it is. This it is. Was an unfortunate way to handle that. Yeah, no, I've seen comparisons to Monsters, Inc. and how Monsters, Inc. handles this film so much better. So much better. And I completely agree. Indeed. Yep. Well, that was us scaring babies and turning into clothes while watching Little Monsters. Please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe, because if you don't do all those things, we stay at the bottom of the metrics. No one gets referenced our show, and we stay in oblivion. Your knees are going to hurt anyway. Boy gets what boy wants, so do it. (laughs) I'm really uncomfortable right now, Joe. That was really aggressive, man. So next time, we will be rewinding the 1995 Mortal Kombat. Oh, I'm so excited. Get your britches wrapped up tight, because this is going to knock them off. Yeah. So come back in two weeks, when we... Rewind again. Okay, but for real though, I feel like us recording this episode is gonna put me on some kind of list. I'm scared. A little bit. A little bit. I'm scared. I want off this ride. Yep. Alright. Let's exit.